It came clear to me this morning how different life could be from one day to the next. And it's, it sounds like I'm being really deep, and I'm not being really deep. But I was thinking on Sunday, I'm on Philippe Chatrier, one of the greatest tennis stadiums in the world. Looking down, there's the final of the Paris Major, the paddle, the two best players in the world against the fourth best. This is all happening. It's absolutely incredible. Then two days later, it's not quite the next day, I am spraying my children's hair blue while styling them into Mohicans before sending them to school. <laughs> and was there a reason for that? Or is that just how you guys roll in your house? Yeah, I just rebelled. No, it was... Um, so um, Monday, Tuesday, they advised if you didn't have to, not to send them in because the heat. And I know we'll talk about the heat. But went to... So today, Wednesday, is their last day at term. They do this thing called Change the Rule Day. And there's loads of things you could do applying to boys and girls. So... Like crazy hairstyle, hair dye, nail varnish, wear your own shorts, um, socks, you know, that little nice. like sort of crazy things. So I said to the boys, what do you want to do? And they said, one of Mohicans. But the problem is the hair's quite long, like not long, but floppy. And so they're Mohicans really, you know, we're talking really. <laughs> and um, You need a lot they, of product. <laughs> they've got this tub of stuff that guys use. Is it called gum or clay or gum? or Like, sure. It's a, yeah. It's a male thing. I know what you mean. Oh, God. And the hair's, hair's quite long. And so I'm I'm going to send you some pictures. And so I was putting this stuff and I was thinking, this is disgusting. And then I found this hairspray, like coloured hairspray that's very cool. And it basically one of mine ended up looking like Sonic the Hedgehog. Covered it in blue. and But the problem was, by the time we got to school, it had kind of gone floppy. <laughs> <laughs> so it had gone from being straight. Aww. It was like, it was like floppy. Yeah, and I thought, I can't touch it because the stuff is like, oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, so it's their last day. So today was all about sending them in. But then I suddenly thought, I looked at the forecast and it's going to rain today. And I think, a little bit like we saw Nick Kyrgios with his hair dye. Oh in yeah, Australia. it's going to start running out. Oh no. <laughs> I think there's going to be blue. I think it's going to be everywhere. And I don't know how that's going to go down with a particular child involved because he's not going to... So yeah, I was... It, as I was, I was doing my run after I dropped them off, I was thinking how different life can be just from, you know, w- within a couple of days. Well, I know the switch <laughs> between working life and home life is uh, definitely oh, quite a, a major isn't one, it? isn't it? It's a big 180, I must say. Uh, we should just <laughs> say for our um, American listeners that the sort of um, breaking the rules in terms of what they can wear is because we have yep. uniforms. So they would have been in uniforms and oh, there's yeah. very strict Sorry, rules yeah. on how you can have your hair. You can't have yep. nail varnish, jewelry, all that sort of or stuff. Or watches or jewelry. Even or... a watch. Yeah. Can't wear a watch. So I think you, next you just year have to allowed... turn up as yourself in your uniform yeah. and that's it. So for one day they were allowed some personality. That's lovely. Yeah. I, I, and they, one they day nearly, a year. <laughs> they nearly cancelled it because of the heat and because of everything in the end of term. But by this point, half the mothers had dyed their children's hair and painted nails and things. So they just decided to go ahead with it. And uh, I don't know what they're going to look like when I pick them up. And I don't know how I'm going to get that stuff out of their hair. But it's fine. They were happy. So, so the, yeah, so this the reason it nearly didn't happen was because of the heat Monday, Tuesday. And again, I think for people listening in other parts of the world, they'll be thinking, what is wrong with your country? Because, you know, <laughs> yes, it was hot, but people are listening going, we get that. Look, Indian Wells. Imagine if you're in Indian Wells, you're thinking that is mild what you've been experiencing. Well, yes. Well, no, it's not true because there's a well. difference. There's a difference between heat and humidity. And we are a particularly humid 
country in comparison. We're not Florida. Okay, guys. Chill out. I was going to say, it's not, we're not talking not Miami saying, kind of I'm humidity. Just, <laughs> I'm saying in, in comparison to an Indian world, it's very, very yes. dry. Or yeah. a Melbourne, very, very dry. So, for example, when I was a player, I was always told, I don't know if this is exactly true, but basically the extreme heat rule and the heat rule, we have two different rules, heat rule and extreme yeah. heat rule, they come in when there is a... I don't know, some sort of maths happens. I'm not good at maths. But it is a, it's a combination between the heat and the okay. humidity. So they go out and you see them at the side of the court and they're like spinning this thing. They're flicking it around for ages and that measures the humidity. So the combination of heat and humidity, if it reaches a certain point, then that triggers off the heat rule or further on the extreme heat rule. And in Melbourne, uh, the... The extreme heat rule was coming in sort of early 40s, 43, 44 maybe. Yeah. Um, I, I remember 44. Um, they've, they've changed the extreme heat rule in recent years so that all play would stop. Uh, but before that, if you had started, you had to finish. So I started a match at around 11 o'clock, which was, it was like 42 degrees. And by the end of the match, it was about 47 or something. For, like, wow. It, it just kept climbing. But no more matches went on. But... Those who were first on had to start, had to, had to finish, which was a bit rubbish. But so it was about 43-ish. As I say, it depends on the humidity, but that's what it was, we were always sort of told in, in Melbourne. But if it was, say, in Wimbledon, it would be in the sort of low 30s. If it got to sort of 33, 34, I don't think there's any way they would have been playing in, you know, even 37. It obviously got up to over 40 degrees in, in the UK. I'm not sure if it hit that around Wimbledon, probably about 39 or something. There's, that would have been extreme heat rule all day. But it wouldn't have been in, in Melbourne or Indian Wells. But in Paris, we were playing 37, 38 degrees. I would say back end of last week. It, Do it you became... have an extreme heat rule in paddle? I'm not sure. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> and you, and, Get one. And, and, but, but, but you would think, wouldn't you? Because in paddle, you're enclosed by a perspex cage. So well, just wax only... an AC in there. Just put pop a pipe in. So, so that's definitely pop, how ac works pop a pipe in so i've been in commentaries where they literally pop a pipe in it doesn't, it doesn't always work, work. Yeah, i've been right. i've been working alongside someone who was so annoyed with the pipe that was popped in that they went and ripped the pipe out the wall and i have oh, to wow. say it was better with the pipe in because it then became very hot but it was you think in paddle that you've you've obviously got the reflection coming off of, of court surface but you've got the perspex around you as well so you're encased in a cage i know mm. it doesn't have a roof and there's a, and we were talking sort of 37 38 what they did do on philippe chatrier is they kept the roof closed until 10 minutes before play started and then they opened it halfway now i feel sorry for those playing on the outdoor courts they didn't have their luxury but they did try and do that just to help things um on Philippe Chatry, but then this, I think yesterday in France, it was maybe 42, 43 degrees. And I think maybe we hit 40. What are you like? Are you good with heat or Absolutely are you Absolutely shocking. I cannot believe that I had a job oh, where I followed the sun around and we would have averaged <laughs> like 30 something degrees. I'm absolutely shocking uh, in my in my old age. But the thing is, is that it's different in the UK. We're not equipped for it. We are used to our mild, mild weather and we just aren't equipped for it. You know, like plenty of workplaces don't have air conditioning. There is no law in place as to 
if it's too hot to work. That doesn't exist. There there's a lot is, of carpet. You know, most there's a people, lot of carpet. I mean, my house is carpeted from top to bottom. It is, and, <laughs> and the that's walls. Not my, that's, not my, that's not my choice. <laughs> it's not my choice. But Because um, we just moved in. But um, it's, 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 it's a time walk back to the 60s and 70s. But uh, uh, my bedroom window. So, as I say, it's a very um, old house that has not been touched on the inside since the 60s. In my bedroom, we have secondary glazing. I don't know if you heard that. So it's not double glazing. It's secondary glazing. So you had single glazed windows. But because the woman who lived here before was quite elderly, obviously yeah. in the winter gets very, very cold. Yeah. So what they did is they essentially just screwed um, <laughs> some extra panes of glass on the inside just attached to the to the window frames. And uh, so that's that's your double. This is sort of your double glazing. You got two pieces of glass there, but it's called secondary glazing where they've done it on the inside. Um, so we Can cannot open the, open the windows. <gasps> we cannot <laughs> open the windows. <laughs> it's absolute shocker. And we get the sun all day, obviously, onto those windows. So it was it was pretty brutal. But yeah, like as in Do we you don't have, have we don't let have me ask any. You. Oh, sorry, now one question about the house: Do you have carpet in your bathroom? Oh, we did when we moved in, but I ripped ah, it straight up and I bought some I lino. Mean, I bought, and I, it was the thickest, shaggiest carpet, the most inappropriate thing to have in a bathroom. Like, it's in, I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. So yeah, I ripped that up and uh, we also had, I didn't even have tiles in the kitchen. We had, you know, that sort of lino that is um, slightly fuzzy. It's like a very, very bald carpet. We had that in the kitchen. So we didn't, we sort of had carpet in the kitchen. uh, uh, I mean, look, I am, I'm a fan of carpets in in certain places. We we have floorboards everywhere and I'm always sort of, I'd love some carpet in some rooms, but not in the bathroom. I think that's the most unhygienic. I apologize to anyone who has carpet. It's the most unhygienic thing in the world. Oh, it was gone on day one. It was straight out. And then we just used the the floorboards until I managed to get to B&Q and get some lino and I cut that out and I put it there. There's also carpet in the loo because we've got a separate loo. And as oh, I say, sort of a bald carpet in the now. kitchen. So that's all, you see. That's can I just te- can I just tell you? And 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 you've got you've got baby Rog, and I've got two seven year old boys. Don't have carpet in the toilets because 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 it goes. I apologise to we don't, and I apologise to people when they go to our downstairs toilet because I've got two seven year olds that go in and it's everywhere. It's sprayed. <laughs> It's it's <laughs> walls, ceiling. If you if you call one of their names, they turn their whole body around to speak to you, and it's still going. So oh, no. can you? But can, so I do a lot of cleaning, mopping up. Whatever. Can you imagine if there was carpet in there? So I know we've kind of got off on a tangent, but I, if anyone would like to make a case for having carpet in their bathroom, I'd love to hear it. I just I got no. And you had carpet in your kitchen. That's awful. Yeah. But anyway, all I'm all yes, I'm trying sorry. to say yes. is that it's hot. <laughs> it was hot. It was record-breakingly hot by quite some way. We don't have the same like we just the same infrastructure. Like our railway lines are not built for the weather, so they just buckle. So none of the trains work. The roads yeah. well, they were spreading salt all over our roads to stop them from melting because they don't have. You just don't have the contingency built in for those sorts of temperatures. Like just like you know, if you go to Norway, they put different stuff in their roads because it's so cold they don't want them to freeze and crack and and yeah that sort yeah. of stuff anyway it's supposed to be mild and gray and drizzly and that's what i've signed up for being british that's what i expect and i've not been happy <laughs> that's all i can say <laughs> yeah it was i say it's cooler today i kept the boys the school told us to keep the boys or the children home for monday and tuesday and it was fine they stayed cool they they ran around they enjoyed themselves and 
now they've gone back in because things are getting a little bit cooler. So where's the hottest place you played? Was it Melbourne or have you been to hotter places, hotter, more humid places? It was just outside Melbourne. It was actually the the junior warm-up event um, where it climbed up to about 47 plus. Um, yeah, th- that was that was tough. And I was playing a girl from India who started the match in a tracksuit. So <laughs> she because she was like, this is nothing. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, I was there before the match. I sat under a tree, ice bags all over me, going, <gasps> before we'd even got on the court. And then she bowls on and she's wearing trousers. It's like, what? I oh, know. Oh, so what would it. your, for people uh, I think, listening. No, no, I, did one, I did one in Alice Springs. I played a challenger in Alice Springs. The final I played against Olivia Rogowska. That was went to three sets. And again, that was before the extreme heat rule came in. So at the time, the extreme heat rule was just oh. the 10 minutes. There was no, you didn't come off play. Just no more matches started. That was the extreme heat rule. Um, so the heat rule comes in, you get your 10 minutes before the third set. The extreme heat rule comes in. Now, everything stops. But it used to be that you had to finish. Um I believe that's the change. Is that the ch- I'm, I'm saying that and now I'm sort of second guessing myself, but I'm pretty sure that's the change. I just like sure the confusion the on your face as you're um, talking. <laughs> it's the heat. I keep saying it's it over and over again, just mainly no, to like reassure myself. Like, yes, this is... So what anyway, would you... So what advice, anyway, someone listening, yeah. you've got a lot of people listening who, who play tennis at club level, maybe higher. Um, if they're going out in extreme heat or heat and they're going to play, what advice would you give them to prepare themselves to survive in the heat? Oh, I Brilliant. Mean, you don't need to play. Really? <laughs> Just do nothing at home. Just do nothing at home. None of us would have played in 40 plus degrees if uh, it was if they said, oh, you can play tomorrow when it's 33. I'd be like, cool, let's play tomorrow when it's 33. I think everybody would be the same. It's not great for you. Remember, we had that one Australian Open where weren't they like giving IV drips to players as soon as they came off the court and it was really really bad remember Sharapova was hallucinating in her match because it was so ridiculous and as I say they did not have the rule which is just the same as if it rains that matches would stop uh they didn't have that but no they've got got lovely lovely air conditioning conditioning, but it's uh Melbourne's that strange place where I I remember I've, I've walked to work in 40 degree heat and I've left to go home and it's 17 degrees and I still quite haven't figured out how that happened, how, how you can have such. And as strange, we spend a lot yeah. of our time in day and commentary boxes as well, you know, you, you go to leave and you're thinking, I, I always have. And um, a colleague who I was working with last week in Paris was laughing because I always have a jumper, have a hoodie in my bag because because commentary yep, boxes the AC. are freezing. And so it's 37 degrees in Paris and I'm kind of unpacking my bag, which is security guards always laugh at my bag because it's so full of just rubbish and stuff and there's a jumper and everyone just kept laughing when they saw my jumper they're like oh we got a jumper because it was but you're in a commentary box it's freezing to the point when your teeth start chattering you need a jumper so yeah you're there for hours and you're there for hours and, hours, and it's gonna right? get you're cold so chill. wonderfully on that day when i left melbourne park and it was suddenly like 16 70 degrees i had my jumper so um i always yeah Always prepared if you're going to go anywhere near air conditioning. Now, in terms of the tennis world, this is this kind of strange time of year where Wimbledon's finished. So people either get married. I mean, you got married in the break after Wimbledon. And I think, if I'm right, Marketa von Drushev has just got married. I'm sure they are. I may have just made that up, but I'm sure they're the pictures I saw. And and she and her now husband were on a tennis court holding rackets one of the photos in their wedding attire they're both holding a racket and 
having a cuddle. You've got to have the theme. You've got to have the theme. It was suggested to me uh, on it? my wedding day that uh, the person or the, the speeches were done from an umpire's chair. So I had to shut that down quite quickly. Yeah, because we were in a we were no. in a marquee. How'd that have happened? Yes, we would have put the umpire's chair in a marquee. So that, wow. that was the that was the suggestion. Oh, but anyway, no, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad. so it's that time of year where so you have some weddings take place. You have some holidays. Mm. I think Rafa Nadal. I think we've seen him on a boat a couple of times. Lovely holidays. Well, he's got a yacht. You've got to use it, right? He's got. Or he's on someone else's boat. It's got a big yacht. No, I think it's it's his. It's a big yacht. And then you've mm. got Newport. So this beautiful grass and Maxine. So the grass course season continues. But then you've got clay. Well, not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> not but anymore. I find it now. so weird. On one hand, I'm looking at people sliding around on the clay having just come from the grass. And then we're seeing this beautiful, I'd love to go to Newport, I'd just seen this beautiful little grass court tournament. So it's a, it's a real mix, these sort of few weeks post-Wimbledon. I have been to Newport. Isn't oh, that exciting? Not to the to tournament, though. No, I went, um, I was just on holiday okay. up that way um, with my family. When I was, re- I was quite young, like sort of, I don't know, must be 13, 14, oh, okay. 15. When my brother, he'd gone to college in North Carolina. Right. And we started in Boston. Anyway, we did Rhode oh, Island. Lovely. We did a few bits and pieces up there. Anyway, we went there and it's a beautiful place. A really, really wonderful club. It's just as great as it as it looks. Oh, it looks really... And I'm glad that Maxime Cressy, I mean, he, he had to deal with Alexander Bublik, who, oh, uh, well... He, he brings with him what he brings with him. But he's just got that really old-fashioned, classical, lovely grass court style, hasn't he, Cressy? And, and I'm really yeah. glad to and see... Is that the Hall of Fame? Yeah. It's all of it. It just ties in. Look, everyone in the world of tennis wants Cressy to do well. Imagine if you got to the top 10, how exciting that would be to have yeah. a serve volley in the top 10. Like, I'm not sure whether serve volleying can get you there. I think it can get him to 20, which would be really great for him to be seeded in slams, yeah. you know, I think he could pick up big upsets here and there. You know, if you're just not feeling sharp and your your passing shots aren't quite on, you're going to struggle. Um, yeah, no, I think it's really exciting to have somebody like, you know, like him playing in that way and showing that you can do it to to a high level because there's a reason why people don't do it. It's because people don't think they can do it to a high level. You have to have a certain amount of skill. Um, you also just have to be able to deal with it not working for periods of yes. your career. But yeah, here we go. Yeah, no, I'm glad. Uh, Dominic teams won some matches, which is, it, it's always has. felt like it's going to be a long way back. So that's really nice. And he's someone, he's very sensitive as a person as well. And uh, his confidence has taken a knock. And it's really nice to see him just sort of start that journey back. It was never going to be a quick return, but it's nice to see he's going to start getting a little bit of confidence. It's just been brutal, hasn't mm. it? It's just... I don't know. I got a little bit sad actually watching him play. Not sad, obviously hopeful, but it's just it's just tough, isn't it? When you see that sort of difficulty for him, you know, when he had obviously worked so incredibly hard, and and this is not an easy fix. He's ta- still talking about the forehand, saying it's not quite where he needs it to be, but it's getting closer all the time. I mean, can it get back to where it was, or is he just going to have this slightly different forehand with less spin because he's he had the wrist injury, he can't play with so much spin. I mean, his game was very focused on spin. <laughs> it's just, you know, and the thing is, is look, it's not unfortunate. The reason he's got a wrist injury is because he played with so much spin. That is, that's the situation. It's the same with Nishikori, as in he's got a very extreme grip. So the pressure that puts on your wrist is huge. And 
you know that is why technique really matters and it's why you know some of the injuries that Nadal has well because he plays in such a brutal physical way his body is taking a bit of a toll um it's just sort of how it goes so it's not unfortunate it's just not what we want to see but I wonder how much of it is is mental and and look I, I I'm not medical and I haven't seeing the injuries but I just always remember with with Nisha Kurin, I remember one year at Monte Carlo and, and and he spoke of the doctor having to tell him that the wrist was fine and he would not damage it and he could play through and if he's feeling a little bit of pain that's normal and it, do you see what I mean it, and there's footballers who do their hamstrings and, and they never run quite as fast because they're scared they'll do it again but they can and, and some and I wonder with Dominic team if there's a, a mental element to what's holding him back with the wrist well, I think there's a mental element to any sort of significant injury. Often your body can have healed and physically you can be absolutely fine, but mentally you can either still experience pain or you can just not be confident. So wrists and ankles particularly, you need to have full confidence because you have to be so loose through the wrist. It is If you have a, if you look at a slow motion shot of, um, of uh, anyone playing tennis and you look at what the wrist does, it is, it's phenomenal as in every movement is maxed out plus the impact going through that part of your body um, on every single shot is absolutely huge. And then the ankles is when you're slamming on the brakes out wide. You're just not going to slam them on as hard <laughs> if you're not as confident. And that means you won't run as fast because you only run as fast as you can stop. And if you can't stop quickly, you won't run quickly. And yeah, it takes a while of sort of feeling like, okay, I know my ankle's fine, but I've, I've got to properly test it because you've got to get to the point where you can forget about it. If you can't forget about it, you can't play tennis properly. If it's, if it's distracting you, if it's on your mind, you're always going to be a little bit hindered by it. And at the very, very top, you just can't afford that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, someone who can't stop entering tournaments is Serena Williams. <laughs> she's she she's on both the entrance list for the National Bank Open in Canada, which was announced a while ago, but now it's confirmed she's on the Cincy entry list as well. And it feels like again, I'm I'm just making this up, but but we do sometimes <laughs> that it feels to me like this is one last final push. <laughs> I'm going to have to find the first time you said that <laughs> on the pod. But I think... Um, but does it not feel like... It, it didn't work just coming and playing Wimbledon we, we, and two doubles match season. We knew it wouldn't work. It didn't work. She ain't going to win a Grand Slam doing that. It's obviously still what she wants to do. And it just feels that maybe she's going to try this way and see. And this could be... Maybe it won't be the fight. I don't know. But it just feels like it's now a big concerted effort. Look, if you're Serena Williams, yep. you're thinking Emma Raducanu won it last year. <laughs> Come on. I mean, you are. though. I mean, we all think Emma's fabulous. Everybody knows how much of a fan of her I am. She's obviously British and what she did was extraordinary. <laughs> but if you're Serena Williams, you're going, Jesus, guys. I mean, 
You're Serena Williams. So, yeah, she's just got to turn up having done a bit of training and having played some tournaments. And I think she could be in with a chance. But it's, she has to have been able to do that. She has to have been able to train properly. She has to be fully fit and she has to have had enough matches and then hopefully get a good draw because she's not going to be seeded. So if all of those things come together, she absolutely does have a chance. Um, but, you know, she doesn't have, say, an Osaka to try and deal with. Yes, there's a Sviontek. That is particularly challenging. Yeah. But, you know, Sviontek's not known for her hardcore tennis. You know, Osaka was very much a hardcore specialist. Andrescu, very good on the hard... Like, as in, they are probably two of the best hardcourters we've seen in the last four yeah. or five years. Absolutely sensational, the levels they've played to. And I think would have been challenging Serena at her absolute peak. Possibly not beating them, but that would have been awesome to see. As it was, they won very comfortably when she wasn't at her yeah. peak but um they're not at their best so i don't know you know what i'm like this is what happened at wimbledon before the tournament i was like if anyone can do it serena yeah you were and then you? after she lost <laughs> and then after she lost i went well of course she was gonna lose <laughs> what is she doing but I think so. No, look, all I can say is that this is great news that she's taking it seriously and she's going to prepare because she came to Wimbledon completely unprepared. It seemed like quite a last minute decision. Seemed like I don't think there was much sort of planning going into that. This time she's got a little bit of a run up and she's saying, right, what am I going to do to be at a better level for the US Open? Which is great. You know, look, I still think we should be talking about it as like, can she get to the US Open and win matches? But it's going to be completely draw dependent. Yeah, it's, it is great to see that she's entered these tournaments because she, to think that if she thought she could just rock up at Wimbledon and win it, it look, she's got, I don't know, maybe it, none of us can imagine what it's like to be Serena Williams to do what she's done. And a lot of the time she did just rock up at Wimbledon and win it. And maybe maybe all of us find it difficult to realise that we've got older and things are difficult and things are going to be harder. And again, that's in every walk of life. But I think Wimbledon, maybe it should have been a bit of a wake up call. You know, if the aim... But also, she's looking at the comparables, and I know they're a bit younger, but she's looking at Nadal, and she's like, okay, look, he sort of just straps himself up and injects himself and all sorts of things, and off he goes. He can do it, but he's playing. He's playing regularly. Yeah, that's that's the key. So there is a difference. That's the key, isn't it? And she can practice every day for three, four hours, but as you'll tell me, it's, it's not the same as being in a, in a match situation. You know, on a Harmony Tan, bless her, was able to wear her down, and the, there wasn't the fitness there, and, the, and a little bit of the power had gone, and she's still got this phenomenal serve but you've you've got to have everything working and, and everyone looked at that and said harmony time well, that's a great draw to start things off for serena williams but it's so hard to come from a standing start especially when you haven't played for so long and when you're so busy with other things you know it's not as though yeah but if she if, if she played harmony tan at the u.s open after playing in um canada and since she beat her then I think she would win because she she literally needed 5% more match fitness and she would have won that. Yeah. And she's got so much room for the match fitness to improve. And if she had gained 20% more match fitness, I think she would have rolled through her because yeah. she just couldn't maintain her power. It was too draining, too tiring for her. And then that meant that she had to rally with Harmony Tan. That's not a good idea. And it's not how Serena Williams wants to play. No, it's not. I mean, you've got to add in the madness that comes with the US Open. And we all know that, that the much documented madness surrounding Serena Williams and instance at the US Open, everything Things heightened, especially for Serena Williams at the US Open at Flushing Meadows. 
Well, it's the big one for her, isn't it? Exactly. It's it's clearly the one that matters the most. And it's understandable. She's American. It's, it's understandable. And I think it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how Canada and Cincy play out. How many matches can she get? How is she looking? How is she feeling? Um, and then once it gets to the US Open, I mean, it's there'll be... Look, There'll be so much focus on Emma Raducanu back. What can she do? Can she? And probably not. Definitely not. Uh, do you have... Re- no. I mean, you're the most positive... <laughs> if she did that, if she... Were you saying if she defended you're the her most, title? You're the most positive one out of the two of us. I'm always like saying no. So you said, oh yeah, Serena Williams, if anyone can do it, she can come to... Da, da. Would you expect any... No, I said it... Look, let's be fair. If you didn't listen to the episode, I did say that it was very, very unlikely that we would see Serena do anything significant in Wimbledon, probably f- losing rounds one, two or three. So I was sort of correct. But then I did add, if anyone can... You did. Serena but very different to Emma Raducanu. I, I, I think the best thing for Raducanu is... No, I wouldn't be putting Emma in that I bracket. think she ju- Raducanu just needs to get the US Open out of the way and then almost reset yes. and start and almost not forget everything that happened because that's made her what she is and where she is today. But just get it out of the way. Let's move on and almost reset. Almost Start again sounds a bit... Do you, know, do you see what I mean though? Just get through this phase, get the other side and then, and then crack on. Yeah, she sort of needs the ranking to drop a little bit. Um, I say a little bit, it will drop a lot. Um, (laughs) She needs... It's just difficult because she's a top 10 tennis player, but she's not a top 10 tennis player. Like, her game is not a top 10 player. She played like she was a top 10 player for two weeks, really. Maybe not even the full two weeks. Um, It's not like she beat an abundance of top 10 players to, to win it. So... You know, yeah, it, it's difficult because she just managed to summon up that level of tennis for a short space of time. A lot of things have to fall into place and come together, including a draw, because the level that she played at in the first round was nowhere near as good as the level that she played at by the end of the tournament. So she was there obviously unseeded as a qualifier. If she had drawn against a Belinda Bencic in the first round, that would have been entirely different to playing a very, very tired Belinda Bencic in the semis 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 quarters god it was so long ago uh in the semis. anyway that's what that's what i'm trying to explain but um look anybody who expects emma to be looking at reaching the final i just think it has lost the plot to be honest I just don't, I just, I think she's lost the plot. They've lost, they've lost the plot. Like, I mean, it would be great if she could win a few matches because you've just, because you've just got to take it on what you've got right now is that right now, like she, to to win a match at Wimbledon was huge. To deal with that level of expectation, that pressure and to win a match, a difficult match, wasn't the easiest of draws, to win a match was a success. I think going to US Open and to at least win a match or two I think would be a, a success because she is seeded. So she does know that she's going to get a relatively favorable draw that yes, Van Vank was a difficult draw in terms of an unseeded player, but ultimately, you know, Emma's, you know, she's going to be what the 10th seed or whatever she's going to be. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just sort of, we just wait and see, as you say, I think once Emma's ranking has gone down to where it sort of, would match her playing. I don't want to say where it should be because she won the US Open. So she should be ranked 10 in the world. Like that's where she should be. She won it. She did it. She achieved it. So I don't mean to say that her ranking falls to where it should be, but her ranking would fall to 
the number that matches her playing level that we're seeing at the moment. Yeah, no, I understand. I got that. Got that all. So we're not going to start making predictions yet. There's too much tennis to be played. As I say, this is this kind of weird sort of lull before we sort of kick off again. Uh, one thing I need to ask you, would you watch the movie Jaws on an inflatable dinghy on a lake? Uh, not me, no. But I don't really like anything like that, to be honest. But you've seen Jaws, right? <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. But I can't think. In Texas... They had this outdoor big screen and there was a lake and everyone was sat on their little individual dinghies in the lake. I would have been terrified. It's a lake. There's nothing in the lake. Well, that's ridiculous. There's no sharks in the lake. If you were doing it now in the sea, in a very known shark infested area, let me paint the picture. It's dark. It's dark. You're bobbing up and down on your own. Only one person per little round thing. It's dark. You're on the water. It's moving. Yes, no. Stop shaking your head. You, 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 you dip. You dip your hand into the water, just as Jaws does his thing on screen. Are you telling me that you would feel comfortable? Oh, yes. Oh, I can't. Because you're in a lake. I, yeah, but you. I, yeah, but I remember when I was young. After I watched Jaws, really young, I didn't like getting in the bathtub. And there's less trouble in the bathtub than there is in a okay, lake. Okay, you were too young to watch Jaws. Yeah, but then, still. Okay. That's, that's, that's what we've learned. But still, can I just, if you said to me, this is what we're doing, I'd watch it from the side of the lake. I can watch the film. But I'm so bobbing up and down in the dark on water while you're watching that horrible thing doing what he did. I think that's madness. So just a mm. little note. If you ever plan a little thing for me, don't do that. Don't do I'm that. Just, okay. I'm just giving you... Okay. I'm just giving you... Well, that's a shame because that's exactly the sort of thing I well, was Well, you enjoy of. yourself because <laughs> I'm not coming with you because I think that sounds terrifying. Right. Well, that was a mix of everything, wasn't it, this week? <laughs> it feels a little bit like the tennis world this week, doesn't it? But we are... Well, I'm off to the Commonwealth Games soon. So I'll be dealing with a racket, but not a tennis racket. And it's not a racket. Oh, it's dear. It's a bat. Bat racket. <laughs> There's... Not There's many ways of, of calling it. <laughs> People have described it bat, racket, whatever it is. Anyway, it will not... Oh, we should just mention the sport because oh, people don't sorry. know what we're talking about. I'll be doing table tennis at the Commonwealth Games. Um, <laughs> so I'll be, I'll be dealing with a bat and a ball, but not the type that you're going to be dealing with because you're cracking on with the American hard courts. Is that right? I will be cracking on with the American hard courts, yes. I think I have just got a little sprinkling of clay to oh, do first. Oh, lovely. Um, but then, uh, yes, into US Open series, which I'm I'm really pumped for. Like it's it's a totally different vibe. Yeah. I think it's it's about the show. It, it's just yeah. I, I honestly, roll on the US Open night sessions. They're just so cool. Um, yeah, can't wait. Yeah, no, can't wait for that. Um, for that, I've got to somehow get the get the gum or the clay and the blue stuff out of my children's hair later so just keep your fingers crossed it doesn't rain so it doesn't do a curios and then all kind of dribble down the face and then wish me luck just getting rid of that tonight i will give you i wish you the best (laughs) and good luck with the carpet in your toilet and on the walls i'll speak to you soon (laughs) bye (laughs) 